0: What you're about to listen to is a BriFi production. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the BriFi podcast. I'm your host, BriFi, your comics guy, and today got a couple of news things to talk about. And have I even been doing anything new? I guess we have some stuff that we can talk about. in My personal. Pop culture, nerd culture, consumption, and some things that I've noticed. And yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. So we'll talk about those things and then we'll let you get on with the rest of your day, the rest of your weekend, and we will see y'all next week. So, up first, let's get into the nifty nerd news. All right, guys. So. Up first in the nifty nerd news, uh, Avatar, the last airbender trailer, has just recently come out. And I gotta tell you, man, this looks better than the first iteration of a live-action airbender that we've gotten. I think the fight choreography looks a lot better. The characters look a little more lived in. Um, it just, it seems like, I mean, hindsight is twenty-twenty, right? Like, you, t- you take all the criticisms that you got... For the first one or well not them specifically but the first the criticisms the criticisms for the first movie you take those into account and you learn from them and it seems like Netflix is taking those like found those criticisms and made sure those weren't going to happen in this live uh, live action adaption of Avatar. Which, you know, has me excited. I think one of my biggest pet peeves from the first movie and going into this series, well, not in this series, but like from the first movie, was just how slow and poorly choreographed the fighting looked. It just looked really bad, really slow, more, I guess, I mean, it was, in a way, I'm sure they were trying to make it more performative and to... I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to give them an excuse, honestly, and they don't deserve one. Uh, This looks way better. Uh, The fighting looks better. The bending with the fighting looks even better. Uh, There's some cool moments in the trailer that are references to things that happened in the anime that I'm a big fan of, and so I can't wait to see these play out in live action. Based on what I've heard, though, they are definitely condensing this story, So that way, I think they can fit more of it. And I think that will be to its benefit. I mean, of course, the movie condenses a shit ton of shit. But I think, one, a series plays out better because it lets you hit more detailed beats and gives you more time with these characters to fall in love with them, let them grow and things like that. But at the same time, you don't want to take too much time because then you start to lose interest with these characters because you start running out of things to do with them. Because let's let's face it, man, studios are just not that great. <laughs> Talking about condensing things, and this was not on my notes, but just something I happened to uh, see here recently. So we've talked about it, I think, a couple episodes ago, that they are redoing the One Piece anime with a whole new animation studio. And it's not to replace what's already being out there. It's just for people who came in with the live action, really lo- fell in love with the live action, and then looked at the anime and saw it was over a thousand episodes long. And much of that, like a Naruto, like any other anime that's been long lasted out there, it's full of filler episodes. And they wanted to do something about that. So they're recreating it. I think to get what they've estimated on how they're going to do all this, and like there's an actual, if you look online somewhere, I can't remember where I found it, there is like a projected episode number for each story arc where like for example the one that we see in the live action which is the uh uh, what is it called i can't remember what it's actually called something island or anyway the story that takes place in the live action roughly a 100 episodes in the original anime and their plans for the new anime is to condense that down into, like, 20 to 25 episodes. Which I think is a good idea, man. Because that's, one, that's still a ton. Uh, oh, the East Blue Saga. Duh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's the sea that they were in. The East Blue. And there's the West Blue, the North Blue, and the South Blue. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a good idea. I think total to get where the anime is currently, just past the Wano arc it would they and that's like over a thousand some episodes they said it would be like 275 somewhere around that number to get to that point in the new anime and I'm I'm kind of for that man like I think it'd be really cool I think having a new animation updated animation for a lot of that older stuff would really help it because for me when I first try to get into one piece without I say this without my wife's help or like you know the live action and my wife's help I couldn't. I couldn't get past those first couple of episodes because they were just really tough to watch. And so I ended up reading the manga because, one, it's a lot quicker. And I felt like the story beats were a lot better in the manga for me. But I am excited to see what this new anime has to bring. Up next in Nifty Nerd news, J.J. Abrams' uh, Black-led Superman is still... In development and it's a movie sorry I didn't specify that so JJ Abrams is going to be doing a Superman movie with a black led Superman character now they have come out and say this is supposed to be an Elseworlds title so you know don't freak out white guy like uh, you're still gonna get like your normal Superman but I like this I like that they've created this World place for different and different takes on characters and new takes on characters you know like what is it um, robert pattinson's batman and uh, joaquin phoenix's jokers those are all fitting in the Else World's title genre of movies so they're standalone stories that they can either do sequels to or you know do whatever they want with them but stay outside of the dc entertainment universe which there are still plans for all of that to happen and so there's going to be like a new superman legacy and there's another batman that's going to be coming out not too long after the second robert pattison's batman comes out and so but that superman and batman will tie together in the new dc entertainment universe and so we'll see how all that uh, plays out but as far as jj abram's superman um he is currently still signed on as the producer. Uh, Tynesi Coates, who has written one of my favorite Black Panther runs in comics, uh, is also writing the screenplay. So I'm very interested to see uh, what kind of story they come up with. And I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see uh, what how this all plays out and how it's all going to look. Um, mm, excuse me, I had something in my throat there. Rumor has it that the Fantastic Forecast has been signed and locked down now. And we should be hearing. Haven't heard it as as of today. It's January twenty fifth. There should be an announcement coming soon of the actors that are in it. Everyone's hoping Pedro Pascal is in the mix because things that seem to have been leading up, like him dropping out of certain roles around the same time this is supposed to be uh, filming, seem to line up with the rumors that he is going to be playing Mister Fantastic. I I'm I don't care who they get I just hope they get it right is the thing like because like you've seen actors come into a role and you're like ah oh, that like Marvel's done it plenty of times where maybe you don't see it at first or you don't agree with the casting but then that guy or girl or whoever they uh, come in and blow it out of the park man like they just home run and so I'm excited to see um, no matter who's in the role I'm just excited to see what they bring to the character can't be any worse than what we've seen in the past right like that's the thing like the bar is not very high on fantastic 4 i mean the bar is set pretty high but the bar that has been in place for with the movies that they've put out under the fantastic 4 name not very high <laughs> and the last thing i wanted to talk about is some gaming news actually so ubisoft who is famous for assassins creed the division ghost recon um mario and Rabbids (laughs) just dance is another one so that company they're they're struggling and they just keep seeming to dig themselves into a deeper hole based on some new stuff that i've seen from this company so first off one couple i think half a year or a year ago they had canceled four untitled games or unnamed games they had four games in the work that they canceled well here recently they just canceled three more new games that they were um Planning to make, produce, whatever, and they said it's you know they're opting to focus more on existing titles. They say that the market, the way it is now, it's more based on your mega brand titles and your long lasting titles. But I think they're forgetting the whole point of like why is there like a hundred Call of Duties and why has Halo been out so long or Final Fantasy? It's like like these mega brand slat and Pokemon too deserves to be in that mix why do these mega brands and long lasting games be the way that they are is they started out as amazing games like these are good games. like as much as i clown on call of duty or battlefield and stuff like that i cannot deny that these are well-made games they play really great because let's face it i can pick up a call of duty game now and have a blast with it you know and same with all the other games on the tile. Halo has reinvented itself many times, and I like where it is now with Infinite. Pokemon is Pokemon. <laughs> like, I don't think, no matter how much wrong it does, it it's going to be fine. Hell, even with this new POW World coming out that is basically what is pretty much called itself Pokemon with guns, Pokemon will probably outlive this game. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. POW World is doing something amazing and something cool, but it's Pokemon. <laughs> like it's going to win and in fact some more nifty nerd news to spawn off the ubisoft and we'll get back to ubisoft but with power world uh, people have been posting pictures of these pals that are in this world that's why it's called that name and how much they look like actual pokemon and like how closely they resemble certain pokemon i don't know how much longer power world can exist because <laughs> i almost feel like game for or the Nintendo company or Pokemon company at this point, they have a leg to stand on here. I think I uh, like, I'm not sure of the copyright trademark rules and all the laws, but man at face value, this looks bad for power world. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh Hopefully they can, you know, can just both coexist and maybe this will influence Pokemon, Nintendo to make better Pokemon games because obviously other people can. Hell, there's a guy that's created and dedicated a whole Minecraft server to creating a 3D Pokemon open world environment. So, if that doesn't get Nintendo off their ass, or at least hire these people to make you a game. Like, that's what I don't understand. There are clearly talented people out here making better versions of your game. Hire them, tell them, okay. I want you to fix what you think is wrong with our games and see what they make, man. You might get another Pokemon Legends out of it. Like, just something. (laughs) Anyway, back to Ubisoft. So yeah, they've canceled a bunch of titles that they were planning to make to try to focus on what I can argue is subpar games of their own. Like, Assassin's Creed used to be great at one point. Now, I could really care less what they do with that franchise i still love the division it holds a great place to my heart because it is my favorite looter shooter and i love what they're able to do with it i hate that it feels like there's not a lot of support for that game i feel like that game deserves better it deserves to be higher up on their list of games that they make than that they put it because it hands down has been one of my favorite stories one of my favorite repetitive gameplay games because let's face it there's a lot of the same shit that you do over and over but it's fun and when and it needs to promote more co-op play even online because right now to me that's the most toxic thing about this game is the pvp aspect of it it's because it's pvp so you're in an open world environment well a smaller open world environment and there are tougher enemies there but then there are players that will just gank you and there's more reward for killing than there is for co-oping and i wish they would somehow fix that or create an environment where people like me who don't want to fight people and want to more work alongside people and they have game types that do focus on that but i would like an open world aspect like the dark zone version of that where i can just drop in any moment don't have to wait for like wait to get into a game with other people i can just drop in have some fun team up with people if i want to and then bounce the hell out like that's what i want from ubisoft another thing that they've kind of come out to really dig themselves in a hole is in another interview here recently they were talking about like the streaming services i think they have one that's like ubisoft plus or something like that where it's pretty much like you're uh like the ps playstation plus or the xbox live gold or nintendo plus whatever the fuck it's called where you pay a subscription you get access to all these games and and during the interview they've pretty much come out and say like gamers need to get used to or need to get comfortable with not owning their games basically like look you're gonna pay this fee and you're just gonna have to get over the fact that we're gonna rotate your favorite games out at some point for newer games and well, I guess based on how many they're canceling, they're not going to be getting many newer games soon. So maybe that's not an issue in real life for Ubisoft, but the fact that they even just said, or even hinted at, you know, you, you don't own your games anymore and you just need to be okay with that is been very infuriating, not only to me, but into way more infuriating to other, uh, consumers and, uh, video game enthusiasts. Me, I, I, to some extent, I get it. Like, I understand, hey, I pay a service. I understand that it gives me access. It's like going to an arcade game, like an arcade, um, an arcade, I guess that's what I'm just trying to say. Like, you hope that they keep all the classics and all the game, the the big things that you love there. But you understand that, you know, they might rotate some out, some might get broken or some shit like that. Uh, whereas with the video games, while in theory it should kind of work like that, but because it's all digital and there is no reason for these games to leave like i get why people are upset like why why are you taking like if xbox ever took away halo if playstation ever took away god of war or i don't i don't know i don't really play playstation so i can't really liken it but like you know if xbox are taking away like their main flagship titles are very popular like i'm gonna be so sad when titanfall 2 eventually leaves the game store because that has definitely been one of my favorite games and i will have to go out and physically find a copy of it which saddens me but um like i get it To I, I i i get what the studio is trying to say but the optics on it look very terrible and it looks even worse when they are struggling. So, for them to be struggling and then pretty much kind of pseudo blame the consumer and be like, well, hey, you're just going to have to get used. To this is the way the games are now. Um, not a good look, and it probably will not help their cause. I suspect they will be bought out soon. <laughs> I can only hope. And it's a company that loves the division and will take care of it. And I want Division 3 to happen so bad and a movie and all kinds of things because man it's such a, a brilliant franchise and such an amazing game and enough gushing over that but that's it for the nifty nerd news guys we'll take a short break right here and then we will get into what's been going on for the week all right guys thanks for Joining me again. Thanks for not leaving and abandoning me, even though I really don't know if you did or not. I just assume, and I don't get any kind of statistical data analysis that lets me know how long people are listening to my podcast. I probably could. I just don't want to pay for it. Sorry, I'm burping. Anytime you hear me like stop talking or stutter, I'm holding in a burp. <laughs> anyway, this past week, and actually today as well, I'm excited. Because the new Paldean Fates Pokemon card set has just released, Uh, my local card shop has it. I had pre-ordered one, and uh, I'm on my way to pick it up today, actually. But it kind of what leads into this story, which I should have started off with, is I just sold my most expensive Pokemon card here recently. And so, if you haven't been to my YouTube channel, you can go there now. It's probably I think the title is "My Best Pull of 2023," talking about Pokemon cards and in the video spoiler alert is so you might want to go pause this right now go watch and then come back so three two one okay here we go so i pulled a sylveon alt art from the evolving skies set and now evolving skies which is ev focused and all the evolutions has got some very popular alt art cards Uh, one of the most expensive ones being a umbreon alt art I think it goes anywhere like two to three hundred dollars for ungraded, and graded can get you up to five to six hundred. I think I can't remember exactly. Actually, I have. It's not like I have a smart device that I could just quickly look that up while we're sitting here talking. But yeah, so Evolving Skies has some of the most popular EV cards. I mean, it's clear that um, EV evolutions are hands down everyone's favorites and of course when i'm looking for the umbreon card i cannot find it there's one of them but so anyway um i i got distracted and now my wife is sending me um stuff okay let's no get out here let's go all right sorry sorry so distracted let's go to search we'll type in Umbreon Vmax. v max there you are right there oh maybe i have this completely backwards and <laughs> now it's terrifying so ungraded is currently going for five hundred and thirty seven dollars that is uh, ah. <laughs> so yeah so i mean this is nuts and i think graded gets you six to seven maybe i, I think it adds like 100 or 200 bucks to it so yeah it's this set is a crazy expensive set um the boxes alone are like a hundred bucks if you want an elite trainer box so yeah anyway i pulled the sylveon alt art which is like the second best card but it only nets you about 135 bucks compared to the umbreon which is over 500 but still my most expensive card that i've ever pulled and so i was really excited but it's not really a set that I was, I'm was. i collecting. In fact, the story of how I even got to that point was I was in HEB. They had a 20% off coupon for all trading cards. And HEB is a, uh, a grocery store here in Texas and I, I think other southern states in America. But I just happened to see it in the shelves like where other board games were. Like it was like hidden, this little tin box. And it was an older tin box. I could tell it wasn't one of the new... 10 boxes are like the newer like scarlet violet 10 boxes and so i was curious so it was like 30 dollars with a 20 percent off coupon I, th- I think i paid maybe 18 bucks for i can't remember it's a steal for what i got this 10 for and when i opened it up i was shocked to see one we had the uh, fusion strike which uh, has like a really cool gengar v max that's worth a lot i saw the evolving skies and there was two other older packs in there i can't i think there was a pokemon go pack and i'm collecting pokemon go uh at the time or right now even and so pretty excited and so i was just going through there you know got really nothing out of the other stuff and then i got the evolving skies pack and when i when you see this video and you see the look on my face when i pull this sylveon alt art i didn't know how much it was worth at the time when i first pulled it but i knew it was worth something because i remembered the picture And so my excitement was through the roof, but not really a set that I collect. And so I was willing to part with it, Um, put it out online and I got made some offers, but I wanted to see what my local card shop would give me because I feel like I've built a rapport with them and it it is called a Top Shelf TCG. It's in Lake Jackson, Texas. And sorry, I wanted to give them a shout out, but, and so I went there. And I wanted to see what kind of offer but I knew, hey, he's a store, a storefront. So he's gotta be able to make a profit. So it might not be as much as I'm looking for, but I was willing to make a deal. And so went told him what my, my price was. And I mean, I'll tell you guys here, I wanted a hundred bucks for it, just cash. Flat cash, I was fine with that. I know what it's worth, but I, it was tough to get people online to willingly pay that money and then trust me to ship it to them. I get that and same for me, I, I, I it's tough to buy cards that expensive from basically a person on Facebook Marketplace. So I totally understood that. But I decided to see uh, what he could do at the shop. Uh, The first number he quoted me was reasonable, but not what I had been offered online. And so that's when I was like, all right, well, let's make a deal. And so I asked, um, basically I wanted $50 cash, and then I wanted a Paldean Fates Elite Trainer Box to be put in for the pre-order because i mean let's face it uh, that's gonna run you 54 56 dollars anyway so and then i wanted the hundred dollars so that i could get one of the elite trainer box so basically i still got my hundred dollars cash that i wanted and then i bought a pre-order Paldean and fates booster box that's kind of like how I see it happening when, I mean, I guess the reality was he gave me the 50 cash and the Paldean Fates booster box. But like I said, I was going to buy one anyway. So it was like I got that extra 50 bucks anyhow. So I got my $100, gave some of it back to him to get that booster box that I wanted, which was what I was going to do. And so I I feel like we both came out with a win-win scenario, especially if I pull that Mew, that shiny Mew alt art, then I definitely won in this scenario. But so that that's why I got one of the pre-orders. That's why I'm going today to go pick up my pre-order. I'm super excited. I'm actually still waiting on where my Pokemon Center pre-order is. I pre-ordered that maybe a few months ago for the Paldean Fates Pokemon Center. What I like about those, one, they come with an extra booster pack. And two, they come with a, well, they also come like the regular Elite Trainer Boxes come with a promo card but this promotional card comes with a pokemon center stamp on it which typically means it's worth a bit more especially when these boxes sell out and you can't find them anymore like the squirtle for the 151 pokemon center elite trainer box is going for like a hundred bucks right now and and the i i I don't even know how to describe it man and well actually you know what it's the Squirtle, sorry, I'm backtracking here. The Squirtle was not the promo card in the box. It was a promotional card given to you when you ordered the box. But it's worth a hundred bucks now. It was a free card that is now worth like a hundred bucks. The promotional card was a Snorlax with a Pokemon stamp, and that is like forty to fifty dollars, whereas the normal one is like five, five bucks. So yeah, there is value with getting a Pokemon Center pre-order because there is value with having the Pokemon Center stamp because it's very limited and very highly sought after. So that's why I wanted to do one place get an extra booster pack, which is really cool, and I really like that as well. It sounds like getting more bang for your buck in a way. And I'm thinking maybe I'll pick up a third Elite Trainer box. I don't know. There's supposed to be some booster boxes that are coming out with the Shining Fates. Cards and there's some like sticker boxes. So maybe I'll hold on to see what those look like before I just get another elite trainer box Because based on what I've seen online the pool rates on the trainer boxes are not great <laughs> So that makes me nervous and like my own personal experience with like 151 Mini tins, Hell, I just recently got like I had six mini tens Which had two packs each and so out of the 12 packs I pulled I had like eight hits and of those eight hits like five of them were full art cards so i mean i feel like your smaller collections have way better chances i don't know if it's just the luck of the draw or whatever like my luck is fantastic i guess in that sense but like elite trainer boxes i'm not pulling shit but with these smaller ones i'm getting all the hits so maybe maybe there's something to it i don't know anyway um sorry i hit my microphone and i forgot what i was gonna say uh, my son was making me play Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom again, which was really funny because well It's not that I don't want to play the game It was just I, I've i been meaning to get onto the Pokemon Violet DLC and I want to stream it so like that's why I just haven't picked it up and started playing is because I want to stream it for people and So I was like, okay, yeah, we'll play um, some tears of the kingdom and then I realized there's a lot of side quests I haven't done I've beaten the game, but I haven't completed the game and so I was just going around doing a lot of the side quests. But my son's getting like pissed off at me because like I'm doing it the efficient way. Because like one of the quests I'm doing, I have to go get pictures of all these stone tablets in the sky. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just warp to this shrine and fly over there using this. And my son's like, stop, don't do that. Like run on the ground and fight things. I want I want blood. I want death. And I'm just like, son, I just want to do this peaceful quest, fly through the air and get my get my money. And he wanted None of that. My son wanted me to run around, destroy things. What he wants me to do, and I don't know if you've seen this, there's a video series on YouTube from a creator called Terminal Montage where he basically does um, animations of speedruns. And so, like, it's like the, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it's animations where the main characters are based off, like, speedrun characters. So, like, Mario does, like, crazy shit in this adaption or uh, this skit and so like instead of like doing a normal thing like mario would do he does the speed run version of it which is terrifying and funny and hilarious but it's the same thing for like link like link is kind of like a, a run through of like how the game would be but link does all the speed run shit and it's really funny and my son loves them to death it makes him laugh so much he loves the ocarina of time ones as well he thinks they're hilarious And so, like, that's why he wants me to play Legend of Zelda so much. is because he wants me to be, like, the terminal montage character (laughs) and, like, be stupid and be, like, speed runny and stuff. But that's not how I play. I'm not that good. I'm a terrible gamer. But anyway, that's what I've been up to. Um, Playing BattleBit as well. I think the only other thing I've found new card holders or new card display Holders. Um, I've used like, if you're not into card collecting, you might not know, but so I'm gonna talk about it anyway. So I've been addicted with trying to display my collectibles here recently, like comic books and trading cards and stuff. So I've gone out of my way to find different ways to do it. I found like uh, little stand holders for cards and comics, uh, top loaders for my comics because they're already bag and boarded. They just need top o- top loaders to be a little more secure and firm. Same with cards. But I've also found these plastic screw-in cards now I've seen the magnetic ones you put the card in and it just magnetics in place it's really simple to use and look look very nice you know it's like an alternate to getting graded slabs where that costs like forty dollars to, to do that process to get a grading you can get these that don't have a grading thing on them but they look really nice in a, a nice protective hard plastic case and uh, the screw ones where you like put screws in the four corners are actually half the price of the magnetic ones but i think look twice as good there's just something about these screw cases that i love so much i i'll post a picture online of what i have so you can take a look at it Um, i don't oh and i do have a magnetic case which is on a rgb stand uh, so like changes lights change color and stuff but i'll post pictures of that so you can kind of see the side by side and tell me what you think like what looks better and what doesn't or you know your own ideas but i'm really liking these screw cases they're a little weird because i'm not 100 percent used to them but i think they look pretty good um and i'm a big fan of them and i have some other magnetic cases too i just haven't put cards in them yet well they're not magnet actually are, are they mag- yeah they're magnet yeah these are magnet these came with the uh charizard premium set so they have like this cool red and orange border like a fire border to them i think there was a gyarados box that has a blue one i don't know if they have any green ones for like a venusaur box or anything or whatever grass pokemon's popular whenever it comes out i hope they do but anyway that's it guys for this week thank you so much for sticking around and listening to me uh talk about nerd shit i really appreciate it and uh we'll see you guys next week with some more nerd shit Anyway, that's all I have for you guys this week. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now.